strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdown, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go Welcome to another episode. It's actually episode four of Bootstrapped in the Trenches. I'm Mike. My brother Dan Corey is in Philly. Dan and I are in Denver right now. And this episode is revolving around guerrilla marketing and what we define a brand ambassador to really be in the year ahead. And uh, before we dive into that, though, we obviously have to go over the food coma of the week this past week, starting with Dan. What did you dive into last night, Dan? Well, I actually went to dinner with Dan Silvershine and his wife last night. They were, oh, how they doing? doing good. Um, so we went to Chalone Bistro and just literally got every single appetizer on the menu and crushed a bunch of soup dumplings, egg rolls, uh, you know, those little skewers, beef buns. It was delicious. Hey, I mean, you can't go wrong with Chalone Bistro. For those uh, watching and listeners, Chalone Bistro is one of our favorite restaurants in Denver. And, you know, convenience is big in our lives, why we're in the delivery space. Chalone is also right below where Dan lives. So talk about being a great host for someone coming into town. Yeah, he doesn't even have to leave. They could just go hang out at Chalone Bistro. And I'll be there. <laughs> He's there at least twice a week, right. folks. Uh, yeah, they their soup dumplings. It's not Chinatown, but the the French onion soup vibe is so phenomenal there. Yeah, it's so good. So Dan, was that it? Did you follow up with some sweet tooth? I saw you had some cookies from uh, yeah. So the best little watch party. Unfortunately, the Puffs got absolutely crushed to Kansas, but that was not much of a shocker. And you seem a little bit shocked. Yeah, I'm actually very yeah. shocked. I thought we were. Corey, every time going into these games, Dan somehow convinces everyone it's going to be a good one. That's why we went <laughs> yeah, to New Mexico yeah. a few years ago. And sure enough, we had a Baylor situation on our hands here. Ago, drove to New Mexico after the Buffs won the first round. And then they beat New Mexico State. Oh, UNLV. It was UNLV. And it was when Askia yep. Booker and Dinwiddie were both freshmen. And we drove down to New Mexico for the Baylor game. And that's when that Brady Haslam dude went off and had like 13 three-pointers. Oh, well, he went off, stadium. all right. <laughs> I don't think he's made a basket since that evening. <laughs> uh, so, Corey, how about you? I did a uh, Sunday night Chinese delivery. I had uh, some beef and broccoli. Did a sorted dumplings order and some spare ribs. Ooh. Um, and then when I, t- I topped it off, we had these like – is green tea ice cream sandwiched between two coconut cookies? Smoking. It was it was Mokey. awesome, man. Oh. You know, that it stuff's was, not good. That should be more popularized. I feel like that type of ice cream is the best. Yeah, it wasn't mochi, but it was uh it was just like a cookie sandwich, but it was two coconut cookies with green tea ice cream. Wow. So wait, is awesome. green tea ice cream not mochi? Well, green tea ice cream is in mochi, but mochi is like that green. It's like that wrapping with the green tea ice cream in it. I feel but like they go hand have, in hand, don't they? Kind of. I mean, I know they're different, yeah. but I when I think of green tea ice cream, that's what comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. It's usually in it's usually in mochi, the most common mochi. Yeah, I love the name mochi. It's sticky. Yeah. 
I actually, so Grubhub completely screwed me. They had me wait three hours for a wonton soup from P.F. Chang's. Oh, hangry was an understatement. I was going off on some customer service rep that was in Bangladesh like it was his problem. The guy ended up giving me 50 bucks for free. I order again from another place. It never shows up. So I ended up having to get, I got Zoma Ma on DoorDash. I went with uh, wonton soup, some vegan dumplings, a uh, pork, you know, one of those barbecue pork buns. And I went with haagen ice cream afterwards. That's been my Sunday night sweet tooth Dan moment lately, going with the ice cream. And, you know, I had to prep my stomach for today. So didn't go that hard yesterday. I love how we all had Asian food yesterday. I, I feel like you have to either have Asian or pizza on a Sunday or at least some kind of Italian feast or you're not doing it right. Yeah. What'd you get today, Mike? You know. Today? Oh, oh, for dinner now? So we have a couple things coming. Vitality bowls, super food waffles. Absolutely phenomenal. Ordered two of them. One with banana. Dan, your eyes are lighting up like Christmas trees here. One with, <laughs> one with bananas, one with blueberries. And then I got... I've been doing this a lot lately. Choice Market has these airport snacks. I feel like I'm always traveling when I get this, but it's the grab-and-go snack boxes with meat, cheese, crackers, and I also get the vegetable and hummus one to get my veggies in. Yeah, very efficient. They come with crackers and the whole nine yards. So I I did the mic roll and the double whammy. I get those boxes, those protein boxes that sprouts a lot. They're great. Yeah. What, was Corey, what'd you go with tonight? I went pretty boring. I just got into town, so I just made a quick grilled chicken parm order. You're not going uh, cheesesteak? No, not not yet. Maybe tomorrow. Wow, definitely. You got <laughs> you to at least yeah. you know, stop by and, uh, Pat's or Geno's or Steve. Yeah, definitely. Nice. How about I you, Dan? I got Mod Market, and I got like some tofu dish coming, but then I also got a waffle. That was part of the reason my eyes lit up, because I... Danny yep. Waffle. Yeah, there we go. Great minds yeah. think alike. Our mom used to make breakfast a lot for dinner for us. That was like her our favorite thing for her to make because that was her we'll best dish. <laughs> yeah. can't, can't go wrong with that. Exactly, Corey. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Well, because I used to, I'm laughing because I we used to steer mom in the breakfast oh. direction. That was her strong suit. Tell us about today. <laughs> Today was quite the experience. I went down, I made sure to get quite the workout in this morning to really, I, you know, going into it, I wasn't sure. I kind of wanted to improv a little. So I went in starting with deli zone. I figured why not start for breakfast. Like say like what it is you even did. So what we're doing now, we all decided to start video food reviews because we came to the consensus that reviews these days are kind of tacky. Whether it's obviously in our business food, other reviews, that's for another story, another day. But in food reviews, you usually rely on Yelp or Zomato, Zomato, whatever it is. And for us, there's real no connection there with the restaurant. So we figured, why not actually put it on video and have me going around trying certain items at certain restaurants and showcasing it for everybody. So today was day one. Uh, we got off to the races on baseline. The way I figured we do this is in, you know, different areas. I got a few in today until my phone died. So that ended up being the hiccup about eight places in. But uh, it was a good start. Got in uh, Delhi Zone to start with a Baby Kong, which was a hash brown sausage egg and cheese sandwich. 
which is not something I would normally eat. Since you know, as a, it was phenomenal as a teenager, I used to go to Dan's hockey games just to eat pork roll egg and cheese sandwiches. Like, sure, I'd root them on, but the reason I went there was for the <laughs> breakfast sandwich. And I, you know, I as you get older, high cholesterol hits in my situation. I had to cut it back a little, but hey, this was quite the treat. And yeah, uh, yeah Deli Zone is a staple. It's actually I didn't even realize this till today. One of the cool things you do research on these places, and it actually was started by two New Yorkers, one from the Bronx, one from Brooklyn. So I figured that would resonate with all of us. They wanted to have a really good. East Coast deli sandwich in all of Colorado. And when they, one of them moved to Boulder in 1993, he couldn't find a great deli sandwich for breakfast. So, Deli Zone, when I first visited Dan and CU, I actually remember getting a. What would you say, uh, besides your phone dialing, what was the hardest part about the whole day for you? The hardest part, you know, was just. Keeping my stomach engaged, Corey, was I really wanted to like be all in for each review. And I think I I bit off more than I could chew with forecasting going in, being able to do 20 in a day. And I realized after today to do it right, it's more about like seven to eight because I want to really be able to experience the meal correctly and not just take a bite and chuck it. I got caught up in a quite the current today at Mount Everest. The owner had me sitting down eating. I felt like you, Corey, where they kept feeding me. So I got stuck trying to order takeout. She saw the Hungry Buff shirt on. She's like, oh, Dan's brother. Like she must (laughs) have thought we looked alike. She's like, come eat, come eat. And I was eating tandoori chicken, rice. She gave me naan. So all of a sudden I'm crushing bread. And that kind of slowed me down a little, to be honest. Yeah, and you you feel bad like not eating it because they're giving you What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? It's a common problem. But I thoroughly do enjoy hopping around and eating food and talking about it. Uh, McDivitt Taco Supply was the most pleasant surprise of the day. I, I think I might become a regular there now. It's not surprising. That place is great. as a food truck, and now they have multiple restaurants. Kudos to them. They were the star of the day, I'll tell you. Uh, not in, you know, the breakfast sandwich game, Deli Zone was great. Big Daddy's Bagels was surprisingly better than I thought it would be. The breakfast sandwich, the service there, they've got some work to do with waiting on people. With like just when we were in the actual restaurant, I was waiting way too long in line. No one was in there. And they were just kind of sitting around. I'm like, excuse me. But the the food was at least good. But, you know, that's very fixable. We all know how it goes sometimes with staffing problems. Yeah, of course. Um, And what else do we have today? The Mount Everest place. Uh, a couple of the spots on my list were not open till later, like Gondolier, Noodle Town. I have to go back to later in the day, coordinate that. Um, I stopped in Boss Lady Pizza was phenomenal. That's when my phone actually died, but I got good footage of that. I got to upload. Um, after can never go wrong. Like ten other things you you finished with Boss Lady. I'm a boss. That's, <laughs> That's how it works. Man. It. Yeah. You got it. I, I like going to the finish line sprinting. I think that's important, you know? So yeah. you always have that last this dessert stomach. That's like well, boss lady well, pizza for me today. Sorry, go ahead. How was the – no, I was going to say, how was the actual filming? Was it tough to do? You know, Corey, I don't enjoy filming personally. I'm not – I've never – I like being on camera, not behind it. So that yeah. that for me is – 
it was fine. Like, I don't think that's my strong suit by any means. We'll see in due time if it works for us. I'm going to have Jeff come around with me Friday for a couple hours just to do some other stuff with yeah. while I'm eating on the go. I think we could do some fun things like that. I just want to really get more into the eating experience. And that it, t- it takes away when I'm filming myself a little bit. I felt that just a bit. But overall, I, I think there's good parts to it, too. There's no yeah, doubt it worked excited out. excited to see what these videos come yeah. out. So. And it allows us to get good pictures. That's what I was thinking about today where it's like, oh, great. I've been bugging everyone to get photos. This is the best chance to really do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and uh, I'm pretty stuffed, but I'm still pumped to eat dinner tonight. And But <laughs> with that, guys, I wanted to – Corey, any food for thoughts? Yeah, definitely. Um, so what I wanted to talk about – just based after uh, this weekend, I don't know if you guys saw, but in Miami, that picture of a or that banana just taped to the wall, um, sold for one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Did you guys see that? Uh, now that you're mentioning it, I I just saw it actually. <laughs> so I figured I'd talk about or just dive into a couple of the most expensive. Wait, what exactly happened with the banana? Tell me. So it was Art Basel in Miami. And there's always like crazy things that sell for an insane amount of money every year. This was literally just a banana. Okay, I kind of saw a picture. Here's my question: and the banana was like bright yellow. Is it like a couple days away from going brown and black, and then just being like a mushy? You know what I mean? I would think so, unless they like preserve it. There's some way I don't. They might have done something like that, where it's just going to be bright yellow. Maybe that's kind of the fact. I didn't read too much into that. That would make it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I mean, literally two people bought it for $120,000. I think it's we're in it. the wrong business. I can't wait yeah, for day I have enough money to spend one hundred twenty-five grand on a banana to hang on my wall. That's when I know. I, I think yeah. I'm going fruit collecting. That's my thing yeah, right man. now. I mean, if you had that kind of cash, would you – buy a banana tape to a wall. It's like, there's so many better things you can do with your money. Corey, I could so list a thousand things I would do before doing that. <laughs> I think so probably 2000 to hang a banana. On my I mean, wall. Yeah, man, that's what I was saying. Like we yeah. should literally just take a burger tomorrow, duct tape it to the wall in the office and just post it and just be like, Hey, yeah. Going for 132 grand. Yeah. DM us for inquiries. We'll add ketchup <laughs> for 10 K. You know about that. People yeah. know what that yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, it's gone insanely viral this week. It would be pretty funny. So anyway, in saying that, here's a couple of the most famous foods ever. Or sorry, the most expensive foods ever made. So the first one is a it's a pudding. It's called Lindeth Howe pudding, and it sold for thirty four thousand and five hundred thirty one dollars just for a dessert. Wait, how and much pudding are we talking about? I'll show you a picture, but it's literally a slice. Uh, I mean, it obviously has gold in it. Is it, but you can't eat it? It's just for luck? No, it's edible. So this is food that you can eat. It's edible gold. Yeah, yeah, edible gold. So what happened? We were talking about doing the, yeah, we were talking about doing like the the buff swings and making them gold Uh and doing that whole promotion. So yeah. What I want to know is where does the value go there, Corey? You eat it and it's gone. Exactly. There's, yeah. I mean, there's, that's just the well, ridiculous amount so, of money uh, to spend on food. If it's like $36,000, it probably only has like $4 of gold. That's just like the appeal. It's not like you're eating gold. You're eating like a tiny bit of gold. Yeah. No, no, I understand that. But it's still, it, it, you've got to, that, I, that never really has resonated with me. 
That's yeah, going to be that expensive for a bite. Yeah, I mean, this is the is most sell? expensive food in the world, and it's a pudding. Where does it sell? What is it? What'd you say? This is in uh, Belgium. Belgium mm. has so, great chocolate. Yeah, so this, it says this dessert tops the list of most expensive foods. It is made from high-end Belgian chocolate, gold, it has caviar in it, two-carat diamond, and it's served in an edible replica uh, of an egg. I don't know. Insane. Wow. That's when you know we're in a bull market where people are spending yeah, money on that type that like of stuff. Wasn't that like a super old article? I kind of remember yeah. seeing this like five years ago. Um, this one was pretty recent. This is from this year, but it's probably still up there. Mm. Um, and then the second item is ca- some type of caviar. It's called Almus caviar and just a tin of caviar, which, you know, roughly here you can get for like a tin of this kind of caviar for $40 here. This one's a special kind of caviar. That's 34,000 for a small tin. And, and it's extremely rare food uh, from Iran. The only store known to carry this item is the Caviar House located in London. Um, and they're light golden color. And they're sold in a tin made of 24 karat gold also. And uh, does yeah, everyone, is it all Saudi princes, princes the buyers? I, I would assume so. Yeah, like who buys that? I, I mean, that's just insane. Um, again, it's too much money to be spent on food that's just gone. And no matter what, you're going in the bar so high. How are you not let down after that meal? It's Always disappointed, down. yeah. That's tough. Wow. Yeah. Good ones, Corey. Yeah, so that that's that's it for this week. That really does trigger food for thought, <laughs> too, when you think about it. So that's great. Yeah. Makes me yeah. wonder how much money you spend on a meal. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. right? What's in saying that? What's what's the most expensive food you guys have had? Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I would say probably Matsuhisa, like the the bill there. I've never spent more money on myself at a Where's restaurant in California than that place. No, 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 in Denver. They it's the uh, you know the Nobu owner. That's his last name. Yeah. Oh, in Cherry Creek. Yeah, right? Insane. Like I've never, I felt ripped off at the end of the meal. That's for sure. It wasn't like, a, oh, well I get it. But yeah, that probably was, I think that was like 300 bucks a head. Yeah. And, and just that, that makes you upset. Imagine spending 34 grand on caviar. Corey, I could have <laughs> flown to Tokyo and just gone and gotten sushi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, a couple times. Yeah. How about you guys? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I had anything a, yeah, that I don't even know. comes to my mind. Yeah. It's like, oh man, I'm I'm overpaying for this right now. So let me let me make a mental note of it. And right, it, yeah. Well, I feel like it had to be a sushi dinner. Yeah. yeah. You want to hear the news? It was a Go mild week with news, but the only thing I have to report. And we all talked about it a little bit earlier in the week, but is Postmates going through some shit. The report started with them pulling out of Mexico City. It was unclear whether they were just shutting down the office or fully pulling out, but it sounds like they're fully pulling out. And then an anonymous report, unanimous, anonymous, am I saying that right? Unanimous. Unanimous. Anonymous. Anonymous. Somebody who works there who like refused to actually tell them like they made sure that they weren't going to tell them who it was and they said that postmates has been like really actively trying to sell their company and that they're basically out of money 
So that's really the only news of the week. Well, also, we had waiter exit our sure. market officially. It hasn't quite impacted our numbers as much as I thought it was going to, but we're going to have to give it a little bit of time. Yeah. And I think that kind of parlays perfectly into the topic tonight, guys, is guerrilla marketing and what we really look at as a hire going into the year ahead. What is it going to take to make somebody succeed that we're paying on an hourly rate? We've talked a lot about this, and I think we could all agree that times have changed a lot from the early days of us building the business where we were tooth and nail passing out postcards and things of that nature. I think we could all agree, even like we're doing right now, live on Instagram, running a podcast. We're in an interactive era where there's a lot more opportunity right from our phones to create. And what can we do to enable the people that we bring on to be creators? instead of just distributors. I think that's the yeah, big man, thing to go over I was here. starting to think about it, and this just hit me because, no joke, yesterday I became almost addicted to TikTok. Where, uh, I think I, it's addicting. Very addicting. Is that a young man? Oh, this will be great, Corey. We could see everyone. So, everyone, this is great. We're in the <laughs> delivery business, and Dan's yeah. Jack Russell Terrier can't stand delivery <laughs> drivers. You could hear him going nuts right now. He can't deal with it. Like at all, hates he hates them worse than mailmen, like by far. Because the thing with the mailmen, they're they're a, they're coming and going. It's different with delivery people. And young man said, "Yeah, the thing with young man is he thinks someone's not leaving, and he hates far. when people leave." So that's why he's I heard somebody because I have his headphones on. I thought I heard something too. Oh, that's what worries me actually. Too, I'm probably missing my like, food. These are soundproof. Oh, thanks. But anyway, <laughs> I uh, started to really familiarize myself with TikTok. And man, that shit is addictive. There's no doubt about it. And what it made me realize is when we, yeah. even earlier in the year, were hiring brand ambassadors and markets like Logan, and we were giving them the spiel on what we want them to do. And their responses were all like, social media, social media, social media. And at the time, we were kind of like, we don't want these people hiding behind their phones. Like we need them out interacting. And we were like, eh, social media is not going to really work because we were like, we got this from HQ. But I've started to realize that there's such a easy way to combine the two where if we have people who are out marketing and like we say, Hey, you got to go give out these pizzas on campus. But like, you know, the objective here is to make videos and things that have the potential of going viral, then not only can we hold them so much more accountable because they have to show us the video and the stuff that they did, but they're going to have so much fun with it. Like, people are having so much fun on these apps. It's insane. Myself, I'm upset. So, yeah, no, you're dead on. I think there's so much a fun factor with it and being able to just create stuff on the fly. What we have to ask ourselves is, what can we do to make it a front and center thing with part of the day-to-day where maybe it's more of a balance of, hey, you're passing out pizza in front of the dorms, but this is what yeah, comes Yeah, I think it's that. literally about – and I think a lot of it is they already know how this stuff works because they're already doing it. But when they're like, hey, we want you to go give out pizzas, mm-hmm. and we'll have to tell them this, but I think they'll already know it. We'll also say like, we want you to incorporate the people that you're engaging with into potential TikTok video contents, into live Instagram videos, into our content, like get out, have fun with it, make some videos, like show us what you're made of. And And I think, yeah, 
we have to also make sure though to give them the like the platform to be able to roll with it where it's not too forced because I oh, think that says cool. something too. Yeah, you know, complete, where we're not. Yeah, fly. and that's what's awesome about these apps is it's like you got to just roll with it, do whatever you think would be good. Yeah, I've noticed yeah. that. Corey, thoughts on that? No, I, I love it. I think um, the best part is that they've grown up with social media. So I mean, you know, it's some of these apps are newer to us, but they've been using them for a couple of years. And, you know, they're already familiar with everything. And I, I feel like they're going to do a great job. There's no, that editing, that's great for us. The yeah. editing skills of a freshman coming into college is so secondhand major. Like what takes me 18 exactly. hours of fully becoming like, okay, now I, now I get how to do these videos. They, they get immediately when they open the app, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And the other thing is like right now, if I were to go on yep. TikTok, the songs that I would ultimately want to incorporate into my videos are like, you know, songs I grew up on. And it's songs that I would right. imagine that anyone would love because they're songs I love, like the Macarena, for example. Like, you know that song? Yeah, like for me, that would be great. But at the end of the day, like a freshman going to college or a sophomore, like they know what's great. And like at the end of the day, we just don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So, yeah, we have to empower them, like Corey talked about on Snapchat, empowering the local, you know, whichever market we're in. And I think we have to th- start looking at who we're finding along those measures, too. We should be thinking about this of who already is engaging on social. We don't want to bring somebody on that isn't sure. connected like, in that I think way at part all. Of our process now, yep. when we really think about it when we're hiring people, is like, hey, what are your social media handles? And what used to be, here's what's actually funny. Yeah. No one's even talking about this, but you know how people used to say you don't want to, you know, do stuff on social media because future employers are going to see it and blah, 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 blah. As as an employer, like I want somebody who is active as hell on there, who shows creativity, who shows that they are their own person. So at the end of the day, like, I think that's something that even going into corporate America now, even those companies ideally probably want to say, because if you're not creative, how are you going to come in and do anything? So yeah, start hiring people. We should make them send us their handles and we should go through them. Like, is this person creative? What's up? Maybe we could even have them do a pizza audition or something, or come up with some kind of food audition for this, where, you know, they're coming up with their own spin on what they think pops for us. People submit like a video through like TikTok or something as a way to audition for a job. Yeah. Yeah. That's their job interview. It's yeah, like, yo, show us a TikTok video. That would be so cool. like a B-Town menu. Yeah. Right. That's definitely the future too. Yeah. I mean that Corey, you yeah. know, and Dan, you know, we've all talked about this. I've always hated traditional resumes. When we think about the future of jobs, how people find people like you were just highlighting, Dan, that's really the case. So the on-demand culture we live in, that makes a lot of sense. Like, cool. Let's see what you're made of. Yeah. Show us a video. No, I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah, love that. Yeah, it's like day in the life, or like you know, what it gives us a real inside scoop of what they're all about. So yeah, and the best part, they're also they're also consuming so much of it, which is great. Not only are they more, you know, they're they're better at actually making this kind of content, but they're also consuming it. Like I'm not consuming TikTok videos. I just started to, mm-hmm. but I haven't been. And, you know, they've literally been doing TikTok TikTok videos for the last couple of years. So they have, like, different soundtracks you can use, and you can kind of look them up. And they don't have them all, but they have random soundtracks. And one of the ones that they have is the scene in Wolf of Wall Street when his dad is, like, flipping out on him and Jonah Hill 
for like spending all that money at the restaurant and like the prostitutes and the dad's like, those are $37,000 appetizers. What are these appetizers cure cancer? And then Jonah, I was like, the appetizers did cure cancer. Remember that scene? Yeah, they yeah, that whole I soundtrack. Do. I do. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I saw some Indian dude reenact it where he was pretending to be the dad, like Jordan Melford's dad. It was, dude, it was so funny. And I was like, wow, this is like kind of something that would be hand in hand for our company because it's like talking about like really, really expensive people <laughs> and you could reenact the lip syncing of it. And, you know, probably will take like a couple hours to get it right. But it, like that, and then we could put it up on Instagram or something. That has the potential to like really hit home with people. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's what's cool about TikTok. I've been in Amber just because you can really recreate in a creative way unlike any other platform. Yeah. I've also realized that with TikTok, because I've been like trying to post videos lately to like see what people like and shit. And I was like spending time doing like the lip syncing and like figuring that out, which is a lot of fun. And then earlier I posted this video and here, take off your headphones for a listen. Just listen to this. It took me two seconds. It's gotten 150 views in the first 20 minutes. What's up, TikTok? Let's go live in 30 minutes on the fourth episode of our podcast, Bootstraps in the Trenches. For those of you who probably don't know me, I run a business for an on-demand food delivery app. We compete with Uber and DoorDash. We fucking kick ass. Let's go, baby. And that that guy, like that's that's gotten more views than anything I've done, and I just recently put it up, and that just shows that like if you kind of just go on there and do original shit, I think it actually hits more home more than anything. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, that's awesome. Yeah, dude, the power of improv, like we always talk about, when you're just being authentic, For being sure. real, that's what pops the most. That's every yeah. single time what gets the most so, videos. Yep. Um. So, yeah, I think that's what, what we really have to think about, guys, as a team, is how can we efficiently find people in each market to help us with more engagement with our message this year? Because that's where we're at. That's the bread and butter, as we know, to drive business. And I think we have a window now with, as we're hearing rumors about consolidation coming, we're going to have time to community build for the first time in a while. The, all the competitors have hit. They're in all of our markets. There's no wow factor coming with new companies, as far as I know. I could be wrong. But I think in terms of competition, we, we've seen it all at this point. So now it's about what can we do to carve out our niche again in another way? And that's from engaging with these students like we've talked about and finding the right people to yeah, help us with these you answers. Me, charming astronaut. What I think, <laughs> what I think we could do is uh, that'll work well for us. Is like, you know, we were talking about finding the influencers if we do that on multiple channels, like we do it on Instagram and we do it on TikTok, then, you know, we'll have people making creative stuff for us. It'll be fun. And the thing with TikTok that is a little bit harder for a company like us is it's so viral, the whole concept. Like TikTok, you get users based on their viral alg algorithm more so than the connection of Instagram being like your close friends. So for a company like us, if we found someone who had a lot of followers in, let's say, Boulder, they might live in Boulder, but like 95% of their followers are going to come from all over the country based on just the way that app works, which is why it's awesome. Right. I think it's also, though, with that, it's cool because either way, we still are getting them engaging on the ground where they're bringing in interactions and they're bringing in, they're basically creating an experience for us in the market. That's the whole idea with this, where it's like, oh, they're creating videos that'll help us build more buzz locally. 
even though, sure, even if a lot of their followers aren't local, because a, a few are. And even when you look at TikTok, anyone that's on TikTok is following like, each other. Hashtag local. Boulder, Colorado, things like that. Like, you could definitely utilize the hashtags to try and make videos that are going to be a local algorithm. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. What'd you say? Are you <laughs> able to add a call to action? Are you able to add a call yep. to action to you could. Oh, I think that's action, my phone, guys. Like what? Hello? So I didn't know that you could. Mike's saying you could. Yeah. So I guess yep. you could. Hey, how's it going, man? Can you buzz up some 515? Like Grubhub now advertises on TikTok. So like for the first time when I go on there, like you could so skip smart. it right away. But before you even get into the app, Cool, you could just get into the app, man. Gotcha. No, yeah. that's okay, dude. Yeah. You could just cancel but it. The better, you could just cancel the order. Wow. wow. We got a live canceled but delivery. The better way to do it Thank you. is like what you were saying. If you kind of like indirectly market brands just through your videos, not what Grubhub's doing, but like just say I went viral and right. all of a sudden woke up to 250,000 followers on TikTok, then just start kind of like incorporating low down into the videos. I think that's a better way of doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, even yeah. like wearing the t-shirt. Subtle things. Yeah, just doing true. subtle things. Um, so yeah, I mean, with that being said, should we wrap it up? Yeah, Mike, what was that all uh, about? DoorDash throwing up. I love it. Our competition lately has not been doing well. If, obviously, I'd be ordering from Lodell if we were in Denver still, but at the end of the day, they are literally, it's been bad lately. It's good to see. This is two nights in a row of hiccups from both companies. Maybe they're just, you think they're just spread too thin? They're expanding too fast? What do you think that's about? I just, I don't, I think it's a lack of quality control with, you know, just ebbs and flows. You catch them at the wrong time and shit hits the fan. But that can't be cheap at scale. I can tell you that. Yeah, they've been giving you a lot of. Yeah, and I'm sure at that point the restaurant probably made the food. Definitely did. No, in this situation, they called, waited an hour to tell me that they ran out of waffles. So it's (laughs) like, oh, that's a problem. But we all run into that, you know. Not like I didn't eat enough with these food reviews today, Corey. (laughs) Dude, all that food looked awesome. It was really good. Pretty really good. Strapped in the trenches, making moves going all out. Every day handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team, let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get Lodell, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.